Hello, earbuds. It's me, Hannah Hart. You know, don't you hate it when things just change? It's so difficult to adapt to change. Some of us need a little bit of an on-ramp for change, which is why this week's episode of Analyze This will be coming to you as a rerun of what to do with your spare change. Huh? But also because we're going to change our posting day, so new episodes of Analyze This will now be featured on Sundays. Yes, new episodes of Analyze This will now be once a week on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Thursday will return to being a different sort of maybe online video-based time slot, whereas Sunday will be the day the podcast goes live. <clears throat> That's uh. That's, this is me telling you that. So let's, let's gently adapt to change. As we listen to this episode that I believe has the power to change your life. I'm telling you, you know, back in 2019 when we first aired this episode, I think people weren't as receptive to it as they might be today. Do you want more control over your financial security and your future? I'm telling you guys, I wouldn't repeat the message if I didn't believe it needed to be repeated. So please enjoy this episode um, from back in the day called Do the Damn Thing, where I interview founder and creator of Ill... <coughs> Founder and creator and president and person, person of Elvest, a financial investment company that I think is really trying to make some change. So, enjoy. Greetings, gang. That's a new way of saying hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Analyze This, the self-help podcast that just can't help itself with occasional business advice and financial review. You know me, Hannah Hart, always trying to tell you guys what to do in the most loving way possible. Speaking of loving ways possible, I'm absolutely loving the way that I have today's guest, Sally Krawcheck, former Wall Street titan and current entrepreneur. Sally is here today to talk to us about her latest venture, a company called Elvest. Now, I am going to be really straightforward with you guys. I heard about this company and I said, wow, I really, really hope Sally will agree to come on the podcast. And then she did. Enjoy. Sally, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I thought you were going to say, I really, really thought Elevest was a stupid idea. <laughs> because when people used to say to me, Sally, you should start an investing platform focused on women, focused on people for whom the investing industry hasn't worked very well. It's like, oh, what a stupid, what a mm -hmm. dumb idea. Like, yeah. Pff. We don't need our own thing. No, I absolutely. So what Sally's here to talk about is her incredible, well, both I want to talk about your journey and yeah. the company that you just started, which actually focuses on encouraging and empowering women to invest. Mm -hmm. My relationship with money comes mm. from everything that my father taught me. And I'm really grateful for that mm. because it got me where I am today. My dad taught me how to save. And my dad encouraged me to start an IRA the second I was out of college and freelancing because the market had crashed. And it's something that, the knowledge of it has left me feeling very empowered. Mm -hmm. Just very grateful to you for not only starting this company, but for joining me here today to kind of do like a top-down level yeah. of like, wait, yeah. what? Investing? No, let me hide my money under my mattress. That's right. And you're fortunate that you had that relationship with your father and that he taught you that because still today in so many households, 
the little boys are taught to invest and talk to about making money and becoming wealthy and go to the top of the jungle gym. And it's okay. If you fall on the little girls, be careful. Your dress is going to get dirty. Don't go to the top of the jungle gym. What were you thinking? Budget, save, Mm -hmm. you know, be careful. You're not good with money in math class today. Boys get better grades for the same answers as girls. And so in so, and only 2% of us households today, does the woman take the lead in investing? And so we received these messages starting very early on that, you know, th- this is for the boys, not as much for the girls. It, it, which is pretty archaic when you think about oh. defining that sort of thing by someone's gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I know plenty of men and fathers and people who are in households that have run their household into the ground. Oh, multiple times. I, I know plenty more. For sure. <laughs> for sure. And, and they, as a result, become overconfident around money. And women, as a result, become underconfident around money. Or overly um, burdened around money. Well, both sides. Mm-hmm. Both sides. The, the male feels like I gotta, I've got to carry this load. And the female, oh, that's not for me. And then when and if something happens, because 90% of women manage their money on their own at some point in their lives, whether they want to or not. Mm-hmm. And then when something happens and she's managing her money, it's, oh, shit. Oh, shit. How do I do this? What, mm-hmm. where, where do I even begin? Right. Well, let's talk about where you began. Yeah. So give me the Sally. Who are you? Where are you from? I just like to get to know yeah. people. You know, you mentioned uh, earlier that you have two cats. You guys weren't privy to that part of the podcast, but she's got two cats. So she's cool, guys. Always. She's cool. Always yeah. have two cats. Always uh, have two, two cats. And two kids and two stepkids. Wow. And I've had two husbands. Oh, good. There yeah. you go. Not, not at the same time. Oh, right. But sequentially. Yeah. Hey, uh, so no I sort of this. <laughs> so do. And I grew up up in the South. Grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. Went to the University of North Carolina. Go Heels. Um, UNC. Yep, UNC. Land of basketball and most importantly, women's soccer. Oh, yes. It's a women's soccer school. Thought I was going North. Only went to New York after I graduated because my father forbid me to do it. Went to Wall Street because that was sort of the hot tech industry of the day before tech became hot. And Worked in a series of jobs, investment banker, which I hated, research analyst, which since I'm a total geek, I loved, director of research, um, and then ran a series of businesses on Wall Street. Merrill Lynch, the wealth management business, the Thundering Herd, the City Private Bank, U.S. Trust, the Old Smith Barney. Wow. I know. I did. I, sometimes I look and say, did I? Did, did that happen? Do that? Or did I just I make it. that up? <laughs> My couple of claims to fame, I got rid of the Wall Street conflicts of interest at Sanford Bernstein back when people were giving advice to two different constituencies, same person, and it wasn't mm-hmm. possible to give them both straightforward, true advice. Strategic advice giving for the benefit of the company. That's giving the right. Advice. Yes. And I got us out of that business and ended up on the cover of Fortune as the last honest analyst <gasps> when it paid off. Ooh, and do you then, have that cover framed? Oh, obviously. Yes. Uh, well, you know, I actually don't have a frame, but I have about 37 copies. I'll take one. Um, I'll yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and then my second claim to fame is in the financial crisis of 07, 08, I was the only Wall Street executive who returned client money, not because you should return client money when stocks go down, but because if you missell products and overpromise, then you should. And I lost my job for that on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Wow. Wow. I know. Do you remember what the headline said? I yeah. just, it was a You're blur. like, I, actually, it was a block down. It was a blur down. of alcohol. Yeah. It was like, uh, the headline, I believe, was just a high-pitched ringing and slowly fading yeah. to black. It was <laughs> tough. It was tough. And then after running Merrill, sort of came to the really important conclusion that I didn't necessarily want to work at big companies anymore. I wanted to have an impact. And it is these days easier to have an impact at a smaller company, at a startup, 
than it is trying to get the wheels of a big company to move. And so that's when I decided to found Elevest. Wow. Love it. Love everything about it. And she can cook everybody. Uh, uh, my pie is yeah. too effing die for. What's, what kind of pie? What kind of pie not? Oh, yeah. All I, kinds I of I love pie. a rhubarb. I'm a big rhubarb, a rhubarb fan. Rhubarb. I love a you know, tart cherry. A tar- yeah. You know what I love is just a, um, just a tart, you know, where you just do the crust mm-hmm. and you just put the fruit in and you fold it over and you just put it in the oven and go. Mm. I love that too, but I hate when they put custard in it. I no, really don't like no, a tart with a layer no, of custard. No, oh, no. Sally, Sally, we're no. on, we're getting dangerously close <laughs> to kitchen territory here. So we'll, we'll talk about that another time. I want to ask you, so Elvest, yeah. let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's get to the brass tacks of what it is you're building, why yeah. you're building it, and uh, how people can get started on yeah. it. So as mentioned, it's a digital first, very modern investing platform built by majority women. Company today, two-thirds women, 45% people of color. Wow. Our engineering team is half women. Actually funded by women, venture funded by people like Melinda Gates, mm. Penny Pritzker, Venus Williams, Valerie Jarrett, Elaine Wynn. So we've got some really Rethink Impact, which is a venture fund that focuses on women solving big problems, building an investing platform to help women and people for whom the investing industry hasn't worked to invest, oftentimes in women, Mm -hmm. investing in women and women-run businesses. We've talked about this a little bit before on Analyze This, but I just, I personally think that we as a country do a lot of things wrong. We do some things right. But one of the things I think we need to do differently is when we're in high school or doing like public health education, oh, there needs to be even. a credit system, a loan system. There needs to be an education yeah, about friggin', money. Friggin' get rid of trigonometry, okay? Yeah, nobody uses nobody. I haven't even used, I might've used calculus once since I graduated. It's awful. It's Have malpractice. Have you ever uh, used uh, the cell of the my- mitochondria? No. Or it's, r- whatever? It's friggin' malpractice given where this country is. <laughs> and, and it's worse for women. It's worse for women in many different ways. We can go, we can talk about the pink tax. We can talk about the student loan debt gap where we have more student loans than men do. We can talk about the fact our businesses don't get funded. We can talk about the gender. For, for us, it's worse in every way. One that we do have more control over control over is the gender investing gap mm. and that we don't invest as much money as men do. Importantly, we don't invest as high a percent of our wealth as men do. And that was my big aha moment after I, after I was like, I, you know, start an investing platform for women. I, I don't know. <laughs> when I realized that the gender investing gap cost women hundreds of thousands for some women, a million dollars over the course of her life, And it is something that we can take action on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And of course, that hundreds and thousands of millions over your life is, I don't have to put up with Charlie Rose walking around in front of me with his bathrobe half open. I would now like to (laughs) apologize to your audience for the mental picture (laughs) that is in their mind because none of us should have to think about Charlie Rose's junk. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, no. But not a single individual would have sat in that room when he's walking around like that if they'd had as much money as he did. Right. And so it's take your hand off my leg money, start my business money, leave the bad relationship money, buy the B. I mean, it's everything. But isn't money management? Not everything. I shouldn't have said that. My mom's going to be like, it's not everything, Sally. Okay. It's not everything, but it's something. Hey, Sally's mom, if you're listening, please rate, review, and subscribe and tell all your friends. <laughs> You've got an entirely new demographic. Yeah. Yes, please. 70 plus. Thank you. South Carolina. All are welcome Very here, female. man. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, I, but, here's the thing, Sally. Yes. You know, isn't 
money, investment, wealth management, isn't that just for rich people? Well, that's what people think. So we actually think it's for rich people. At Elevest, we have no minimum. No minimum. Zippo. Okay, so you, did, let me put that in a term for those who haven't had experience with investment. Yeah. I have investments. The fact that Elvest has no minimum is huge because there's a huge gap, disparity That's right. between the people who invest and don't based on the amount of money they well, have. Let's be, let's be frank. Investment minimums, you have to have $250,000 to invest or $50,000 or $10,000 or $5,000 or sexist and racist. It's sexist Full and stop, racist. Full stop, right? Yeah. And so we wanted to make Elevest as inclusive as we could. So we said, all right, what's as inclusive as we can for investing no minimum. The second thing we tend to believe it's for men. Yeah. And, and, and if you wouldn't explicitly believe it, but if I say, think about a, an investor, man, think about a mutual fund manager, white man, think about a trader, white man, think Banker. about a financial advisor. white yeah. man. And that's because 86% of financial advisors are men, overwhelmingly white. 90% of mutual fund managers are men. Men manage 99% of mutual fund assets. Oh, pause. Wait a second. Even though the research tells us women are better money managers than men. Whoa. Whoa, right? And so the industry is very male. Believe me, I worked in it for longer than I'm going to share with you. <laughs> and the industry, when I was in it for so long, their whole women's initiative was, let's put together a marketing program that's don't buy the shoes, invest in the market. Don't buy the latte, invest in the market. In other words... How do we make this appeal to women? Because, you know, right. shoes, they money love. and autonomy shoes, aren't. right? Yeah. And then kept blaming us for it. Women are so risk averse. And so here we are in a society in which it is still an attractive female characteristic to be bad with money, right? We have internalized that when the industry is telling us we have to change. And surprise, surprise, it didn't work. And so I began to think, what if it's not we women who have to change? What if it's, oh, you know, the industry? Yep. Right. And what if instead of just solve the, oh, don't buy the shoes, you know, marketing problem, we, we market smartly. We engage with her, not at her, but also at the same time, we change the product. Yeah. And so we put in thousands of hours of research with women and came out with a product, lots of mistakes along the way before we launched, but came out with a product that just makes more sense to us. That isn't about alpha and standard deviation and trading a lot and you better watch CNBC, but is much more about this is who I am. Here's information about me. We're the only ones that take into account that women live longer than men, that women's salaries peak sooner than men. And for non-binary individuals, we project those same things to be conservative. Mm -hmm. um, and it's fine if you're a man and you're, you know, you'll have plenty of money because you make more money and you die sooner. <laughs> but for women... Not being at a typical investing platform can actually be hazardous to our financial health. Mm. And so what we do after we take in that information is we put together a full investing plan in which we have highly personalized investment portfolios, a different one for each goal that target getting you there in the vast majority of markets. I absolutely love the way that it interacts. I signed up. I went to Elvis and I signed up, even though I've got, I've got my Morgan Stanley's and my stuff. And now I'm like, oh man, will you look at my portfolio? Yes, we will. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes, the answer will. is yes. yes. <laughs> but when I was going through the steps yeah. of signing up, I really loved how visual it was yeah. and also how goal oriented it was right. and putting it in terms that weren't the $250,000 terms. Right. It, it really reflects how out of touch the money havers, the people who have money are with the rest of society because- those minimums to make any quote unquote real money yeah. are, or could sustain people for decades. I know. 
Well, you know, and the other thing too is back when I was running Merrill, our website was all about, let us tell you everything we know and how smart we are. Here's an article. Here's another article. Here's another article. Here's another. This experience is really about you. It is. And about your goals and you. And one thing you might also notice is we don't use a lot of jargon. Not for the reason that some people think, which is women don't understand any more financial education. No, men don't either. <laughs> men don't either. The difference is men will invest right through it without knowing what it is, and women won't. Women will hesitate. Right? The fear, and, the intimidation. And actually, men have been better off because they've been like, I don't know what a managed account is, but here we go. And women, we do the, oh, I, you know, I better get a book, and I better get an A, I better study, and I better know it. And it's sort of left us behind. So we took out the jargon not to dumb it down, but to, well, frankly, to smarten it up, Yeah. right? If you can't explain it without jargon, you can't explain it. That is so correct. And order to I'm just be, like a yeah. huge fan right now. I'm just sitting here <laughs> and like everything that's coming out of your mouth, it's like, I don't know if you can see the stars in my oh, eyes. Because I'm just like, yes, exactly. Yeah. If you can't com- explain well, it without jargon, Hannah, the truth you is, can't explain it. I know. But, you know, honestly, I'm at the point where the truth is I worked on Wall Street. I worked in the investing industry for a couple decades. Okay, more than a couple of decades, but we'll just keep it a couple of decades. And I'm just tired. I'm just tired of it. Like I'm so over the pussyfoot around it. Don't mm-hmm. talk about these issues. It's just money is women's number one source of stress. Number one, right? The act of investing and saving is the number one driver of our confidence in our future. So at LFS, we're operating the core of how we feel every day. How we feel every day. And I just can't. I can't wait around anymore. Right. Right investing is investing in yourself. It's investing in your future. It's investing in your independence, your autonomy. Absolutely. It's investing in the fact that you are a smart, capable person. It's an active way of believing it. And it's actually self-care because it does hit at the stress. And then the other thing I always say is if you are exercising, pelotoning or yogaing or barring or running or, or taking or whatever, a walk or walking, yes, there's nothing wrong with that. Although all these years of high heels, I'm practically not walking anymore. (laughs) But that's a different topic for a different day. But if you're doing all that and you're not investing, just don't bother, right? Because you've got to invest in order to really be able to live that retirement that you want to. And and I don't think that message comes through. The other thing I'll say is the other message we tend to have really internalized as women is investing in the equity markets is risky. Now, a couple things I'll say. First of all, at Elevest, we don't have any only equity investment portfolios. We truly believe in diversifying. And what does the word equity mean? So equity is when you own a sliver of a company. Okay. So if you own the equity in Facebook, for example, you own a portion of that company or put another way, have a right to a portion of that company's earnings, which are often paid in dividends. And also you get the stock appreciation. I always think of it as like, I own Mark Zuckerberg's chair. Mm, got it. Right. So um, if you're uh, an employee of a company and you're like, I guess I have equity, but I don't even really know what that means. That's right. You're, you own a little part of the company or, you you know, it doesn't have to be the company you're working at. Of course, it's investing in the stock market. is just buying little portions of companies. Now, the thing about equities is historically they've returned quite nicely, but with volatility. What does that mean? It means since 1928, annually, equities have earned about a nine and a half percent return. Not every year. Not even most years, some years it's 12%, some years it's negative 2%, some years it's 6%, it's 4%. But in return for some ups and downs and bumps along the way, in return for risk, you've been getting that return. Mm. By the way, you put this in comparison to leaving your money in a bank account where you're earning maybe 1%, 
close to zero, right? 9% is more than 1%. It's life-changing. It it might not even sound like that much. It's just a life-changing amount of money. The money you leave in the bank every day goes backwards because inflation causes prices to go up a little bit. Historically, the bank account hasn't kept up with it. So you work hard, you put it in the bank, and then you go backwards. You work hard. And, you- as, and as we all know yeah. now, very openly, the banks are not operating in our individual best interest. Well, and it supports some things that you may or may not want it to support. We had one woman after these, you know, one of the series of tragic shootings who was asking if any of her investments went into gun manufacturers. For us, the answer is it essentially rounds to zero. Okay. And we, we, may, we have been the only investing firm out there that's made public any of the information about the underlying investments. P.S., I'd like it to go to 0% too, but because we invest in bundles of stocks called exchange-traded funds that are prepackaged, and we use them to build out our investment portfolios, blah, blah, blah. It rounds out to zero. zero. But it rounds to zero. Rounds to zero. And this woman said, that's too much for me. I'm going to take my money away and keep it in the bank. And I said, that's amazing. What's the bank? She said, Wells Fargo. I said, that's the number one lender to gun manufacturers in the United States of America. Boom, boom, right? <laughs> so anyway, so that's a, so your money can be doing things you don't know it's doing. So when confronting the hesitation and the intimidation of investing, it's important to remember that for those of you listening who think, oh, I don't know if it's for me, I don't think I can participate. You are participating yeah. no matter what. That's right. The question is, do you want to have some measure of control? Everything you do with your money has impact. Everything. Just because you don't know what the impact is doesn't mean it's not having impact. And when you invest with an LVS, we, for example, have an investment portfolio that's a value, an impact-based portfolio. What does that mean? It means more of your investments goes to go to companies run by women. More of your investments go to helping also the environment. More of your investments will go to causes for social good. Oh, no. Does that mean it's a charity? I have to give up return. I won't get that 9.5% you know, that historically, if it happens in the future, the answer is no. Right. In fact, what we've seen is that companies run by women outperform companies run by men. Wow. Women, when they take out loans, pay them back to a greater degree than men do. So, you know, there's this sense that you, in order to live your values or invest your values, you have to give up return is a very 1993 type of idea. Yes, First of all, uh, cosign, yes, plus mm-hmm. like, oh my God, retweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my God, I love Scally. Wow, that's how <laughs> I feel. I had to let that out a little bit, let a little of the air out. Empowering women to take a hold, empowering people yeah. to take a hold of the money that's already being used as I'm trying to walk through mm-hmm. the hesitations people might have yep. about getting involved in investment. Yes. I would say that if I can only invest $10, $20, yep. is it even worth it? Of course it is. But why, Sally? Right. And some of it is as a first step that, sure, if you invest $10 and leave it there for forever, you know, you're not going to end up with a Tesla at the end of 10 years. That's just not going to happen. But is that step to, I am an investor, I'm beginning to do it, I'm seeing what it's like. And then you go from that $10 to, all right, now that I've got my credit card debt paid down, I've gotten rid of the stuff that is pulling me backwards. I paid off my high interest rate debt. Maybe you keep your student loan debt outstanding. That's a lower interest rate, but I've got those shackles. One of the biggest mistakes I ever made was paying off my student loans. Oh, because it was low interest rate. Yeah. And, and it you, also, you more in my the, credit right. score went down. Oh, for God's sake. I mean. Well, don't even get me started. That's just stupid. That's, that's just stupid. That's just stupid. I was paying $67 a month. I know. Oh, you can stupid. swear. Fuck shit. Blah. Doesn't matter. Stupid. Yeah. I was paying 67 That's stupid of you. Stupid of the industry. Ridiculous. I know. Ridiculous. I know. 
So anyway, once you get once you get that those shackles off of you, and then start to put in one percent of every paycheck. You know, after a little bit of time, two percent. Eventually, when you get to be like Grandma Me over here, you want to be putting twenty percent of every paycheck to future you, to investing, to saving, to investing for retirement, because mm. you got to take care of Grandma Esther. Right. Oh, well, um, and also in today's society, money equals wealth equals health. Oh, yeah. I mean, we live in a capitalist society that is on overdrive right yeah. now and the massive disparity. The assurances of Social Security oh. are not there. No. I, I'm, I'm my mom's conservator, and I've been fighting for her Social Security checks that she's owed. Uh, she's owed... I won't disclose how much, but she's owed money for over a year. Yeah. And I'm literally doing this because I have the resources to do it. I had to hire an advocate, a lawyer, who, who told me it'll take 12 to 16 months oh to resolve God. this. What average person could do that? No, you can't. You can't. You can't. So, oh, so you need to take you it. Need, you need, that's right. You need that. It, 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 no, we're not going to get to financial independence, but you need that financial strength. So one, to your point, what keeps, what keeps us back? One is I don't have enough money. The other is, and we actually started on this and we didn't finish it, it's too risky. That, gosh, I, rem- you know, I remember my parents with the crash of 07, 08. It's going to be risky. And if I'm in these stocks, I'm in equity, the thing, you know, the slivers of ownership of the company. And I watch, you know, the New York Stock Exchange. What if the market crashes and goes down and I'll lose my money? Here's the thing. In order to invest, you typically, in the equity markets, you, you typically want to have a long-term time horizon. If you need the money next week, don't invest in the equity markets. Don't buy the S&P. Well, anyway, don't invest with all of us in all equity portfolio. If you can have that money invested for 10 or 15 years, which is what you should do, historically since 1926, you could have invested any day in the markets, the day it crashed, the day before it crashed, the day after it crashed, your chances of a positive return over the next call at 15 years was 99%. Wow. 99%. That's a big percentage, people. And so we have this view of it's risky and sure. Well, calculate the risk. That's right. (laughs) On any given day, any given two months, any given year, it has been, you know, and there's always a period every year where you go through all this volatility. But if you've had that, this is an investment, not money I need. This is an investment then historically it's been actually much safer than people realize. You know what else is risky? Salads. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Salads are a problem. Salads are a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. I, I expected a big laugh after that joke, but you yeah. just really, res- you're like, yeah, no. No, it's a problem. Yeah, I know. Kale is like, what, like Brillo pad through your intestinal <laughs> system, isn't it? It's a problem. Okay, I, I, I've got one last question for you, Sally. What if you feel like it's too late? What if you feel like I've missed my chance? I haven't been saving my whole life. Oh my God. What, why even start now? No, just no. Just, just no. no. Just no. That's just the answer is just no. Sure. The best day to invest was yesterday. <laughs> That's for sure. The other best day to invest is today. And if you're, you can't do it today, tomorrow, every day matters, but it's, it's just not too late. You know, you can be in your sixties and beginning to invest, of course, in a more conservative investment portfolio, which an Alavest or any, anyone else will give you is the right thing to do versus, you know, a higher return portfolio in your twenties, but it's just not too late. Yes. You missed it. That is what in business we call a sunk cost, which is get over it. It doesn't count. You already missed it. You can't change the past. Just go ahead and get started. Here's the other thing, Hannah, that I would say that keeps us from investing. Let me ask you a question. Uh, Where do you carry your money? My wallet. Okay. Where do you keep your wallet? My pocket. Okay. So you leave here later today and you have $100 in your wallet and you have a hole in your pocket and the $100 falls out. What do you do the next day? Look for it. 
No, just <laughs> lost. You're, oh, okay. Okay. So what should you put on the same pants the next day? You have the same $100 your wallet. It falls out again. By the third day, what are you doing? Thank you for putting it in terms of my yeah, brain. Will there accept. we go. You fix your friggin' pants. I fix my pants. Right? Yeah. What if I told you that for an individual making, so you're doing super well, right? You're making $80,000 a year, maybe $50,000 a year. You're not investing. You're putting aside the 20% of your take-home pay that experts say you should eventually get to for future you. You're putting it in the bank. You are not investing it you're losing over a reasonable period of time up to $100 a day. Wow. And the problem is- So it's not safer there so much as it is just leaking. It's leaking. That isn't the first day you invest, of course, but there's something called compounding, which over time, the returns you earn on your investment, the money you earn on investments, you end up earning money on that money. And then over time, you earn money on the money, on the money, on the money, and the money, on the money. And so over time, the cost of not investing- gets to be $10 a day and then $20 a day. And then eventually over that period of time, it can be $100 a day. And the challenge, Hannah, is that there's no money falling out of our wallet. We're like, dang it, yeah, I need to get an invest. And so we tend to put it off. We right. tend to put it off. Right. Do the damn thing. Do the damn thing. It's like every day is the day to start investing. Yesterday already happened. Today, you've gotten some new information. You've gotten some great guidance. Today is the day. Today's the day. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. And if you put, come over to an Elvest or, or the others, but definitely Elvest instead of the others, and, you, and it's 10 bucks, it's 10 bucks. Just That's get great. started, hey, right? You and know, another 10 bucks and then a thousand bucks. Actually, then, yep. I will do this. This is easy for me to do because I'm a, a person that is taken care of. Let me make this deal with you guys. Look, we're already money makers. If you go to Elvest.com slash earbuds, you'll get $20 to start investing with. If you go to Elvest and download the app and use the promo code EARBUDS, that's E-A-R-B-U-D-S, boom, $20 to start investing with. Get started today. It's a free $20. You can play with it, but get started. Rip that Band-Aid off. Yeah, that's right. Start to become an investor. Uh, Sally, thank you so much. I've got some more questions here from our patrons. Great. So I'd love to ask you those questions. But for our regular earbuds that are just tuning in, if people want to find more about you or Elvest, where can people go? Yeah, head on over to Elvest.com. E-L-L-E-V-E-S. Oh, I feel, sound like a radio announcer. I know, I like it. E-L-L-E-V-E-S-T.com. Elvest, <laughs> where we're doing our best. And you can find Sally on social media. Yeah, you can follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, but only if you like pictures of cats. Oh, well then, see you yeah. there. <laughs> I love that. As always, rate, review, subscribe. And if you haven't yet, please join our Patreon page, patreon.com slash this. We start at $5, and it's basically like buying a Hannah a cup of coffee. And it keeps this podcast ad-free and alive and well, so you can use your money and your time to go and invest in your future. So, speaking of patrons, I'm going to give our patrons a special gift by inviting you to answer some more financial questions. For everybody else, invest in yourself. That's our end phrase. Love that. Okay, invest in yourself, guys. Thank you, Earbuds. Thank you, Sally, for being here. Thanks, Hannah. I'll talk to you guys more soon. Uh, love you. Bye. <laughs> 